Welcome to the, uh, the Film Chums podcast. Uh, I hate you already. This is the guest host for the week, James Barrett. Uh, I'm joined by uh, James Corning. Hello, James. Hello, hello, James Barrett. <laughs> Hi, I'm James Corning. What do you do, James? What do I do? Uh, well, we watched Free Fire. That's what I did. You're skipping ahead. <laughs> okay, what I do is I'm a freelance video editor. That's what I do. Excellent. Thank you, James. That's what I was looking for. And now passing on to your regular host, uh, Joshua Youngman. On to you, Josh. Hi there, everyone. I should probably explain something before we move on. Uh, Robin, Robin, haven't seen anything this week. We've kind of disappeared for three weeks. Sorry about that. Uh, so I've brought on uh, a couple of our other film chums. I should probably introduce James Corning properly as the man who is always wrong. <laughs> we've, we've finally broken the running joke of never having you on the podcast. If anyone's a regular listener, James is always wrong. How do you feel about that, James? I think it's probably fair, but uh, <laughs> I'd like to counter with the assertion that Josh is more often than not wrong. Oh, so. absolutely. No, no, no. Everyone is always wrong, but you are more wrong than everyone. Thank you. There we go. Uh, and our guest host this week, James Barrett. Hello. <laughs> I've I've insisted on getting like co-hosts who have annoyingly similar names, so we've had Robin Robin. Now we've got James, James, and, James. and James. Yeah, yeah I've only just realised. Yeah, you've only just realised, really. <laughs> on the, on, like on five, the whole five yeah. years. Yeah, uh, I only just realised we've got the same name. Exactly. Not exactly. friends anymore. No. Oh dear. Let's talk about a movie. Okay. Let's talk about a movie. So last night we were all at a preview for Ben Wheatley's new movie, Free Fire. Uh. And this was interesting because it had free popcorn and free Prosecco and then free cake after the film. Let's start with all the free stuff. <laughs> uh, because it was Cineworld's 100th unlimited screening. Yeah. And let me tell you, I went for the salted popcorn. Turns out it's not very nice. Deeply regretted it. Big and mistake. Very big mistake. My review of salted popcorn, No. No, just no for salted popcorn. No, I really like sweet and salted popcorn. That's... But they didn't have that. Well, you should have asked for it. That's what you, I said, you, but he's like, he's like, oh, you can't, oh, you you can't, can't, you can't mix them up. It's ridiculous. Yeah, they, they'd have made it up for you. I had the sweet popcorn. I, had, I made the right decision. Anyway, it was good because it stopped me from needing the toilet during the film. And it was a packed cinema, so I'd have had to clamber past everyone. Most importantly, me and James. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you were stuck on the right. But there we go. Um, also included in the uh, preview screening was a 10-minute preview of Ghost in the Shell. It was it was really, really odd going to watch a bunch of trailers for a film, and one of the trailers is just the first 10 minutes of the movie. That's basically how it played. It was, it? It was really it was, odd. It was they, just the trailer, yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, they, they put a, a trailer immediately before it for, like, Viceroy's House or something like that. I can't remember what trailer it was. It, it was, was Lost, Lost City of Z. Lost City of Z, yeah. yeah. Um, so they put this trailer on, and then they go... Oh, now here's a trailer for Ghost in the Shell, and it's literally just the first ten minutes of the movie. It was really odd. Well, you um, weren't sure like what it was, was it? You were saying, "Oh, where, where was that? Was that like?" I'm thinking it's either exactly the first ten minutes because you—it's basically the RoboCop sequence. Mm. She's getting turned into RoboCop, and then a scene of her as RoboCop. I, you can also say that there is a scene in Ghost of the Shell where someone says, 
you are a ghost in a shell. And it's like the first line of the movie. First line, yeah. The, the best part about it was the way the way she she's like like skirting around it. So she's like, we've made we've made you a new shell. But then she goes, but your mind, your soul, your ghost. <laughs> it's still the same as it was. And it's like, yeah, it's the first line in the movie. Like really, really got me on board. Really got me into Ghost in the Shell. Oh, yeah. It was really good. Great action scene. It's it's like the uh, Robocop prologue. There and was then an action scene. An action. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. An action scene after a title card of one year later. Yeah. So she's yeah. had a year as a Robocop. I'm just going to call her Robocop, not Ghost in the Shell. That's, that's what I'm is. sure she's got a name. I don't think they call her uh, Mrs. Ghost. She's throughout. called Major. I thought that was like a rank. That is the rank. That is the rank. But everybody but... calls her the Major. Yeah. Right. Okay. I, d- I don't know. I've never. I d- I've not animated. I've not seen it. I have seen the first Ghost in the Shell. I've seen the second Ghost in the Shell, and I've seen the TV show Ghost in the Shell. Okay. Uh, D- is all of that familiar? That action scene and the so Robocopness. I was talking to James about this earlier. I th- it seems it seems like the movie. So I, when you're doing adaptations of stuff, I don't really care if you stick to the original or not. Sure. I think you just make whatever movie you want to make. I don't yeah. care. Um, so I'm not one of these people that's all like defensive about Ghost in the Shell and like worried about it. But it seems that it seems like they're not following the story of the first movie, but they are hitting all these really exact beats of the first movie, which I think is quite strange. Like, so in in the first film, they have a scene where you know there's a bunch of businessmen sitting at like a Japanesey looking table where everybody's like sitting on the floor, yeah, and then a bunch of like cool geisha robots come and like murder them all, yeah, and then she jumps in through a window and shoots a bunch of people and it's great, yeah. Um, so that's like a very specific scene from the first movie. Uh, it's not in the first ten minutes. It is in the first ten minutes. Oh, it is. It's the, oh, okay. it's the setup of the first movie. Uh, I think it was a long time ago since I've seen it. Sure. But, um, but then, then when, everything I see in the trailer is about the story. You know, it's about how like, oh, you're the first. You're not the first. Oh, it's this like really personal drama. Sure. The first, the first Ghost in the Shell movie isn't really about that. So it's, yeah. it's like this kind of odd, odd thing. I don't know. I think it looks cool. I, I like the look of it in the film. Nice. I'm, I'm really annoyed that they still played a trailer after, after the preview, because. Th- it always feels like they're showing way too much in those trailers. Mm. Am I right in thinking that, based on what you remember of the originals? Nah. No. No? No. They're but, still so, definitely not showing too much. The, the first Ghost in the Shell movie is really weird, because like, people love it. People sure. like have loads of reverence for that film. But I, I don't think it's great. Okay. I think, I, I think it's aged really badly. It's like um. a really, really, really slow film. Like, everybody remembers it as this really cool, like, action animated film with a bunch of, like, cool robots doing flips and shooting each other. And there's a bit of that. But most of it is just the Major sitting on top of tall buildings being really pensive. Like, mm. the vast majority of that film is just her kind of sitting around going, like, oh, I wish I wasn't a robot. Right. Like, and it's a lot of that. It hasn't aged super well. Whereas the second film, Ghost in the Shell 2 Innocence, <laughs> I think it's way better. I really like that film. Uh, Are both the original films animes? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. The first one was the first film, first animated feature to be primarily 2D with some 3D elements. Right. Uh, and then it's, it's kind of hard to find a copy of the original now because um, they released a version called Ghost in the Shell 2.0, which is not Ghost in the Shell 2. Oh. It's Ghost in the Shell 1, but with loads of extra redone CGI. Right. And that's it's, the... it's like the Exorcist, uh, like hard to get the original Exorcist yeah. because there's yeah. the like director's cut or whatever. And I guess Star Wars as well is a similar thing where yeah. they've gone back and yeah. added CGI to it. But it's just really misleading because they called it Ghost in the Shell 2.0, which I think was really stupid. That, sounds- that is incredibly stupid. Especially when you have a movie called Ghost in the Shell 2. Yeah. Like, that's a separate film, but yeah. yeah I, I, thought that, I thought this preview was good. I, I think, like, yeah. what, what you go into with, like, a Ghost in the Shell film, the thing that that film was really influential about was the, um, like, the, you know, the visual design. 
Okay. All the, all the cool, like, robots and Space Tokyo or whatever it is, and that stuff was all pretty well space done, I think. Does it have it's, a, I think it's, it, it's called Neo Tokyo. Neo Tokyo. Neo Tokyo. Yeah. No, it's Space Tokyo. See, I didn't, didn't think there was space anything Tokyo. particularly exciting about this preview thing. It seemed like just a film to me. Yeah. And I guess, like, even if that style was influential in the first one, then it's been sufficiently absorbed into films now that there was nothing... Just seeing it detached from any other previous uh, Ghosts in Shells. There was nothing really spectacular about it. It was, mm. eh, it was a film. I, I think one of the things they've done in this one as well... Again, I'm, I've not got this weird reverence for the anime. I keep going back to it, but... Uh... That one's got this weird, like, gritty feel to it. The original anime. Oh, so okay. It's got this, like, you know, this all these like big holograms and all these like weird neon lights, like you expect with this sort of thing. But then it's kind of got this disgusting, grimy, dystopian feel to it, which I don't think this one's really got. This one feels a bit too slick. I think. Well, you, so, yeah, like, except for then, the, really the stuff in that. the the stuff in the office before she goes and kills people. When they have that conversation with the two people, that's like, I don't know, like a really poor attempt at making everything dark and. Um, like I guess complex is what it's going for, but it kind I, of I plays as like just that. being. Uh... I meant in in the terms of the visual design and stuff. Right. If if it always, it always like there's a line from Family Guy where he says like it looks like if you touched it and then licked your finger it would taste salty. Right. Like that's how I feel about the original Ghost, Ghost in the Shell. Like it, it looks disgusting, but, but futuristic in a cool way. So, so the new Ghost in the Shell looks like Christina Aguilera. Yes, that's the joke. I was yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's the one. <laughs> No, 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 actually, no, the other way around, sorry. The original looks like Christina Aguilera. The original Aguilera. looks like Christina Aguilera. And the, the new one looks more like a Rihanna or something. Oh, like, right, know, like too beautiful, clean and precise. Yeah. Impeccable. Like, uh, I love Rihanna. You love Rihanna. I'm glad we've got that on, on record now. That's, that's what I was going for with my whole review of Ghost in the Shell, is that it needs, Just more, needs more Rihanna. It needs more Rihanna. <laughs> I yeah. thought you meant it needs less Rihanna. Hmm? I thought you liked the salt. Oh yeah, you're right. I've got, I've got my message in mixed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. More Christina Aguilera, less Rihanna. We've officially talked for longer than the actual uh, preview was now. So right. shall we get on to Free Fire? I've got one more thing to say about Go Ghost for in the it. Shell. Last, last thing. They released a uh, remix of the original Ghost in the Shell f- uh, theme last week. Okay. Um, for the new film. For the new film. The original Ghost in the Shell theme is like really uh, iconic. It's like a really iconic part of that film. And then they got Steve Oakey to do the remix of it. Right. So it's like got this all this beautiful like kind of uh, uh, like Japanese. I don't know how you say it. Like um, you know traditional Japanese singing. Okay. And then it goes into like 2012 style dubstep whoops. Oh no. And everybody was going getting so furious about it. I think that remix is pretty good. Okay. That's got me excited for the film. <laughs> I I love 2012 dubstep and this has got me specifically like, 2012 dubstep. Well, that's the only year dubstep mattered. Oh okay. Then. So you know it kind of came and went in. 20, About eight months, I'd say dubstep lasted. Yeah, uh, but Steve Oakey's still out there, <laughs> still making it happen. Still, 2017's Ghost of the Shell, bring it back. <laughs> what we're all wanting. Anyway, on to Free Fire. On to Free Fire. Uh, I don't know how we can really introduce this because Ben Wheatley tried to introduce it and then realised it's only 90 minutes in a warehouse uh, where a gun deal goes wrong. The description that, that, he gave the... was mercifully short. Yeah, that's all he could say about it. Is that it's, yeah. not, very, it's not very long. Um, yeah, and to credit where it's due, it was it was a ninety minute film. It was ninety minutes. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't wrong. Yeah. It wasn't wrong there. Uh, who's in it? We got Brie Larson, uh, oh, Army Hammer, Army Hammer, Michael Smiley, 
I don't Michael think he's, Smiley. The, I don't think he's the big selling point he's for this film. Selling, <laughs> that's it. That's Brie Larson, Army Hammer, Michael Smiley, Killian Murphy, Killian Murphy, um, Chateau Copley, mm-hmm. uh, ah, Sam so- Riley, Sam Riley, Sam Riley, yeah, he's and Jack Rayner. Yeah, I don't I know who. The- I- don't know the names, Sam They're Riley the or Jack Rayner. Okay, Sam Riley... Uh... He was in that Ian Curtis film, Control. I don't know which one was he in. Oh, the... he was uh, Steve-O. He was the drug right. addict in Freefall. Yeah, yeah. Steve-O, yeah. Um, he's been in... Oh, God. Anyway, it doesn't matter. doesn't matter. It's Michael Smiley's Free Fire. <laughs> Michael <laughs> Smiley in Free Fire. That's it. Uh, Jack Rayner, you may know from Sing Street... I didn't see that one. You didn't I see, to that? see that? Well, you should. It's the sixth best film of the year. Okay. Last year. Um, he was also the Irish driver in Transformers 4. I didn't see that one either. Well, you should have done it. It was the worst <laughs> film. No. Call yourself a film chum. <laughs> How dare you. You've seen just as many films as Robin at this point. So <sighs> luckily you're using his mic, so that works perfectly. I'm also um, the same height as him, so we got... Yeah, there you go. So you got the same mic, so... You... Yeah. Um, God, who else? Brie uh, Larson. Doesn't matter. Everyone. Like, there's just people in it. There's lots of people in it. I think they're all pretty good. Like, uh, like for, for what they're doing, that's perfect. Yeah, I mean, I, Shelter Copley. Like, I still hate him, but at least like this time, I'm meant to hate him. <laughs> yeah. Um, I didn't really like that guy you said was Ian Curtis, uh, the guy who played uh, the, drug the drug addict with the like, uh, yeah. with the goatee. He was a bit much. Yeah. Bit. Yeah. He seemed to. Uh, Whereas the others were playing it broad, but also like, um, like within like an intensity, he was just playing it very, very broad. Like to the to yeah to the audience rather than just like a stupid person, like committing to their thoughts. I don't know. Yeah, I agree. He was really slapstick. Really, like you know, the, the rest of them were were like the whole movie was quite slapstick. I think. Yeah. But he he specifically was like you know stumbling over like. Being this dumbass, like it, it felt like it was a bit too far in that direction. Screaming Maybe. while he was limping across the room. Yeah, that was him, right? Yeah, that's <laughs> all of them. Probably. That was all of them. So the thing about this film that we should get out of the way now, that I think is like incredible on like a technical level, is incredible, is that th- this this has more lying down than any <laughs> yeah. film I've ever seen in my life. Like there's I, a, there's I, a sequence about twenty minutes after the gunfight starts where somebody stands up. And it's the first time somebody stood up for 20 minutes. And yeah. I was like, oh my God, this is like, people can stand up. This is so strange. And I, I like, had a real existential crisis about lying down and standing up and stuff. I really think crazy. the only movie that's had more lying down is Buried. Ryan, yeah. Ryan Reynolds but, in a I mean, box like, in, for in sheer minutes. quantity of lying down. In sheer this quantity, one had more because more, there's like 10 characters lying yeah, down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not just, one. just the one in a box. Yeah. Yeah. So much lying down. It was. I, I just think it would be such a fun like film shoot to be on because it would be like everybody was standing around drinking teas, having a nice time. They'd be like, right, we're going for a take. And everybody'd be like, all right. And everybody would just dive on the floor. Yeah. Like, like try to get continuity with you. Everybody like wriggling around just in the dirt all the Your time. Your left elbow was a bit higher. Oh, yeah. sorry. And like ev- every time somebody moves, it takes them like an hour to move 10 yeah. feet because they've like been shot like 10 times and they're just like, <laughs> just dragging themselves across the floor. Uh, we should probably like talk about the film. Now, <laughs> now, well, what can you say about the movie? Well, it is a I, gun deal gone wrong for me. Yeah, I mean, minutes. like, did we like it? Did we like it, Joshua? Did you like it? Did I like it? Yeah, I kind of enjoyed it. I kind of, I kind of really. Right, that, that's it. the end of the podcast. Uh, that's the end of the podcast. Goodbye, everybody. Uh, no, um, yeah, no, I kind of enjoyed it. It was very frenetic. Very, it does feel its length. 
surprisingly, for a movie of 90 minutes. You were saying when we came out, James, I know that doesn't direct anyone to it, but there we go. Um, This James. This James. uh, That it was about 20 minutes too long. Yeah, I think I think it would it would have been better about seventy because even though it is ninety and it is short, like uh, because it's very focused. There's this it's literally this like very singular thing. It's one thing that's going on. Yeah, ninety minutes was too long to hold this one thing. I'd um, I'd have said eighty would have been fine. I think seventy is just too short for it to be nah. worthwhile. See, I but... was kind of happy with ninety, but I wanted more twists and turns as it went on because it went a very linear mm. start to finish. Like, if you'd sat down at the beginning and been like, once you'd seen the first 10, 10 minutes, seen the character introductions, if you'd thought, okay, if I was just just do this like a normal film, how would it all end up at the end? Who would survive longest? Who'd come out on top? I feel like you could have got that from the first 10 minutes. And I think that the 90 minutes wouldn't have felt its length so far so much if it hadn't just continued along that path for 90 minutes. If, I don't know, like, if... 15 minutes into the film someone had shot Killian Murphy or someone had shot Michael um, Smiley the star uh, well, no, Michael Smiley was obviously going to die uh, you could tell it was going to be a late death though yeah. he was, was going to be like the final death and Killian Murphy was going to be really I, sad about it like, I, I, I would say try and avoid spoilers as much okay. as possible uh, but it's sh- a gunfight sh- with like 10 characters many people are going to die so, um, so Army Hammer didn't in... get shot 20 minutes into the film and I think he should have this this movie comes out in two weeks. Oh, so. okay, sorry. Yeah, yeah, my bad. So, like, I would definitely say go see it, if you can. Yeah, yeah it's my favourite Ben Wheatley. I hadn't seen his first two, and I think a lot of his other stuff uh, is... It's not particularly high praise for me I, to I say this is uh, my favourite. I low expectations for you to say this is Ben Wheatley's best movie. And that, you this... hate Sightseers? No, I don't hate Sightseers. Oh. Like, Sightseers was my favourite up until having seen this one. Kill List? I never saw Kill List. Never he saw he Kill hates List. Kill List. You hate Kill List. I don't hate Kill List. I think it's a 3 <laughs> out of 10 movie. Like, if I hated it, it'd be 1 out of 10. Right, okay. I think Kill List is very shallow. I think the action... I think he's a very shallow director. Oh. and uh, Which I think works well for this because... Yeah. It's just like, it's like a genre exercise and you don't need any... But Kill, Kill List kind of tries to trick you into thinking it has depth. Right. But I don't think it does. Okay. Uh, I think it's like kind of stylish, but in a stylist it doesn't really work for me at all. Okay. Whereas this is stylish, but in kind of a fun way. Like it had you know some goofy stuff that I was into. I thought like the the way it was shot was fun, all on the floor and stuff. Like uh, yeah, it was it was good. And so it kind of does the same things as Kill List, but I think does them much better. I guess. Okay. Unless seriously, Kill List is very serious. This this, this is very tongue in cheek, and yeah. saying slapstick. It's. Yeah. This one has some issues with the fight scenes in that at first it's uh, there's no sense of place and it kind of works really well because there's this chaos and no one really knows who they're shooting at. But after a while it kind of quietens down and you're expecting to get some sense of the the space they're in and how their positions relate to each other so that you can watch the film and understand what's going on. I but that ne- never, never really got a sense that, of that. Ne- I, I never got any yeah. sense of space in it and after a while... I feel like even some like really good action films which have excellent action uh, fall apart when you get to just shots of people poking their head out from around cover and shooting. I'm thinking in particular Resident Evil 5, which has got amazing action throughout. And then as soon as you get a scene which is just groups of people with guns poking their heads from around cover, firing a few shots and hiding back, it kind of falls apart. And this definitely has that 
and considering that that's essentially what the film is for 90 minutes yeah. that is an issue it's why i think you could shorten it down by like by at least 10 at minutes least if 10 not 20 minutes. yeah because like there, there's good sections of the film where it's literally just cutaways of people firing over cover yeah and then cutaways of somebody going ah I nearly got shot and like that like big chunks of that that you kind of just weren't necessary like that that's good at the start of the film when it's kind of you know gimmicky and chaotic as you say yeah. and kind of you know that that stuff goes on too long i think it no, probably definitely. could have warranted with even a little more humor because there, there are a couple of small moments. There's the whole, I forgot who I was shooting at bit, or um, mm. Michael yeah. Smiley and uh, Army Hammer shouting abuse at each other yeah. for most of the movie. If there'd have been a little bit more of that, I think it could have su- sustained the, oh, I don't know where I'm shooting kind of thing. Maybe, but I think it, it was totally pretty appropriate, the amount of comedy they had, because none, yeah. none of it was like... Oh, it wasn't never out and out. It was never out and out comedy. Yeah, it's not so, like yeah. a raucous comedy. It's yeah. like, uh, you know, it's all... I, I don't think it would have been any benefit in sustaining the I don't know where I'm shooting. I just like some variety. So you start with the I don't know where I'm shooting, and then you get into this well-laid-out space that even if the characters don't understand, the Weedley would lay out for us, and we'd understand, and understand how... Who's shooting at who, like, better than them. Uh, I think that would work better. You then get into the argument that Ben Wheatley probably has is, that's the point. The point is nobody knows where anyone else is, and it's it's meant to be confused and... But then it's not confused, because if it was a confused film, you'd have, like, seemingly major characters. No, what I'm saying is that if that was the argument he was to make, my argument back to that would be if this was meant to be a confused film where just everything's happening chaotic, why does it proceed in such a linear direction? Why isn't Charlton Copley getting shot to the head at 20 minutes into the film? Why isn't stuff like that happening that would be confused, that would be shocking us? One thing I did like, which is kind of related to what you've just said, (laughs) maybe a bit off, but just because I don't want to forget it, is I really liked how it didn't... um, At no point... So you have all these characters that are shooting each other, and they kind of break off into their own little groups and kind of their own little little yeah. like, little tiny storylines. But it do, it never did those in like a linear fashion. So it wouldn't like deal with two people and then deal with two different people and then deal with two different people. It would kind of constantly cross cut between all the people mm. all the time, so that you'd have all these really slow parallel stories going on, and it would constantly cut between them. Like sometimes mid conversation, you'd, mm. you'd jump to something else, and I thought that was quite cool and quite. Interesting. And there's a nice stuff with when it cut around, whether you could still hear the sound of the previous conversation or whether mm. that went away. Sometimes it would continue strongly. Sometimes it would completely disappear. Sometimes it would cut down to be much quieter. So you had to be almost listening for the other conversation at the same time as you're watching the thing that you're actually hearing the main sound for yeah. on screen. And I thought that was all quite nice. Or oh, you're, you're not you're seeing what's not the main focus. Yeah, and you're yeah. hearing Charlotte Copley complaining about his jacket. Yeah, there's, there's, a, there's a few good bits yeah. where it cuts to somebody who's just like behind cover listening yeah. to other conversations going on. Yeah. But that seemed... Oh, there was a few like technical issues in the place. I don't want to get too technically into the sound or anything. No, go for it, because I was, do um, want to get a little technical. So like, not majorly, but... There was one bit it. in particular where... Two people. No, Army Hammer was behind cover talking about something. Yeah. And it cut to another character who was really far away. Mm. And then it kept Army Hammer's dialogue at full level over the yeah. top of this other shot, even though he was super far away. And they did that like two or three times. Yeah. So it almost that that felt like a like non non diegetic in a way. Yeah. Like it felt like, like a... it was deliberately trying to make you hear this other thing, which is fine. But because they did so much of what you just said, James, which is the 
you know, kind of cut into shots of people listening from in different places and kind of making the sound fit in the space. I thought that stuff was super weird. Mm. Like that stuff really made me go like, oh, what's going on? Like confusing mm. um, in a way that I wasn't really. So you think they should have committed to one or the other? Yes, but I think they should have committed to the to the one you said because I think that's great. And I think every time they did that, it worked super well. And then, you know, the, the few times they did this cut into other things and keeping this, the audio from the previous section, I thought it didn't work at all. You wanted it more diagetic and less... More diagetic, yeah. yeah. And, you know, you can fake that a little bit. Like, if yeah. they are really far away, you can still kind of make it a bit louder and you can get away with it. Mm. Um, but, you know, in this case, it was literally they just rolled the dialogue over from the previous shot over the top of the, mm. the shot of the guy behind cover. And I did, there's two occasions where I can think of that happening. I didn't like it at all. Mm. That's a shame. It worked rather well because it was mostly... The bit I remember was Chalter Copley complaining about his jacket just off mm. off screen, and so mostly it was used for yeah. continuing a joke. But yeah. hey. um, one bit that I did grab was there um, a subwoofer boost, like when the fight was about to start, like when tensions were getting high. Did they push through a bit on the subwoofer? There was a. This this is getting out of the film now. There's a super screen below. That's the what it was. Yeah, so there, there's a. There's it was a new, downstairs. A new super screen uh, cinema at the cinema we go to that has uh, Dolby Atmos. Yeah, yeah. So it's super, super loud. And if you're in any of the screens adjacent to it, up, down, or to the sides, then you can often hear that film. It's a real issue, especially if you're watching something like Silence. Yes. Which, which a, yeah. a lot of the film was meant to be silent or near to it. And you can hear, like, Star Wars Rogue One, and people like, pew, 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 pew. <laughs> In the middle of silence. Yeah, yeah in the middle so, of silence, yes. So, uh, Andrew times. Garfield pray, praying. Just it, it's like him, him silently everyone. praying, and it's like one of the few films which will actually use pure silence on the soundtrack. Like, And by pure silence, you just mean an like, empty like, throat. Absolutely nothing. It will, let, like it will silence, be, yeah. not be playing anything, won't be playing any Atmos, and it's like really effective because it's like what he's like. He's not hearing anything. He's not hearing anything from his God. And then, like, what he's, what we're hearing from his god is... Pew, 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 pew. <laughs> oh, dear. So that's what it was. It was the super think, screen downstairs. I think so, yeah. Because it was... I, I thought the same as you. There was, like, a few there times were where a it couple of timed moments really well. Yeah. But, um, no, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that was the super screen, I think. Um, that, that's that's oh. why I don't like the super screen. Yeah. Because I've had... I've had so there, there is a case like Silence where, you know, it's very clearly yeah. Darth Vader saying, like, don't choke on your ambition. Woo! Or Aspirations. Aspiration. It's care. a pun. I, all right. All right, Josh. I, I fell asleep in Rogue One, so... That's fine. Whatever. Um, so there is a few times, like, Silence, where it's, like, you know, definitely not supposed to match. But then a couple of times, I've like, I can't remember what film I was watching, but I was watching, I think it was Triple X, maybe? Right. There was, so there was super screen stuff coming from below. And I was like, I can't tell if I can't tell if this is like great sound design or the screen below just yeah. being lucky. And I, I really hate it. It really bugs me. Yeah, um, super screen is fine when you're in it. Oh yeah, super when you're great in when it, you're it's great. It. Yeah. When you're on any screen around it, it sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you and I went to see Deepwater Horizon in super screen, didn't we? No, 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 Sully. Sully, yes. Sully. Yeah, Sully was great in super screen. Deepwater Horizon, great super screen. I never saw Deepwater Horizon. I oh, should at all. It's great. Better than Patriots Day. Yeah, I oh. preferred it. Like in my. Like if I was to, if I was now, if but... I was to rank all of my films in 2016, they would be right next to each other. Oh, They'd be okay. something like 19 and 20. Right. But uh, I prefer Deepwater Horizon. There we go then. Uh, I think we're coming about up time for wrapping up on our show. We've stolen uh, Mr. Sunday Movies' ranking system, uh, which is best movie ever, just a movie, worst movie ever. Right. Those are those are your only choices for Free Fire. Free, free Fire. 
Not uh, a 5 out of 10, not a 3 out of 10, not an 8 out of 10. Best, worst, just. Uh, just just a movie then. You're calling it just a movie? Yeah. I'm calling it just a movie. Just a movie? Yeah. I would lean to best movie ever. Because it achieves everything it set, sets out to do. I, I, Whether or not you agree that it's preferred techniques work, it it worked for me, to be fair. That's that's what I'm going on. If you're going to use that as the argument for why it's the best movie ever, you could say that about, like... I did. Literally every film ever made. Uh, well, no, because... I'm trying to think of a movie you... Achieve. I'm trying to think of a movie you hate that sets out everything it achieves to do, but... Godfather Part 2. Yeah. Mm. I'm not saying it, so I don't know. That's fine. Um, okay. It, here's a movie I ranked best movie ever from last year that was technically inefficient. It was a movie called Starfish. I didn't see it. No, nobody saw it. It was a small British indie movie about a couple who live rather privileged lives out in the middle of Rutland. Yada, yada, yada. Guy has uh, severe system failure and loses all his limbs. It's really cheap, really badly made, but still emotionally effective. So I deemed that best movie ever. Right. E- even if like the hospital looks like it's just somebody's living room. Yeah. You, know, you know, that's that's the a monster, kind of level a monster, call, a monster Calls is the one I'm thinking <clears> of. I hated that movie. I thought yeah, that movie it was, was completely it was irredeemable a bad trash. Movie. Like, but that movie sets out to do what it... Sure. What it yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm sure the director sat down at the end of Monster Calls, or J.A. Bayona, I that's think. That's it. He sat down at the end of Monster Calls and was like, yeah, I got it, I got what I wanted. But I think what he wanted was... Was trash. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And to be fair, that's why the rating system kind of works, because you can still get gradations within that. I rate all movies on a scale of 30 to 77. 30 to 77? Yeah. So I, what's, what's a 30 movie? Uh, a Monster Calls. A Monster Calls. And a 77 movie? Star Trek Into Darkness. Star Trek Into Darkness. Alright. In fact, that's the only 30 and the only 77. The, right, yeah. okay. Can we get a 45? I think for Free Fire, I'm feeling like maybe like a 46. 46 yeah, for Free 46. Fire. Alright. Uh, do you have an arbitrary scale you want to work to, James? Uh, No. No. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> thanks, thanks, thanks for ruining the joke there. All right, then. Uh, I think that's been the Film Chum podcast. For this film week. Chums. Film Chums with a Z when we're here. Only when you're here. Yeah. All the other times it's Film Chum podcast. People have made that mistake before. Did you hear our crossover episode? No. No? You never listen to the show, do you? I've, I've not listened to the you show once. You have not listened to the not, show once. I don't listen I, to podcasts. I, I have listened to the show a few times, but I have not listened to your crossover episode oh I, I much prefer your format this year I think it's better you think it's better I you, think this year's format the, the, the 2017 the... format the shorter things focus on a specific thing I think it works much better nice cool I think we'll keep doing that then excellent probably without you again then. okay okay uh, we normally plug uh, Twitter handles or social medias if people want to talk to you which nobody ever does so I, I, I don't want any Twitters or social you don't want meds. any Twitters or social medias what about you I am at J-M-S-B-R-R-T on Twitter so not quite your name oh no it's your name without vowels and also missing a T and, some and also missing a T and <laughs> yeah. many other letters it's approximately my name it's approximately your name Alright then, uh, I'm at Josh J. Youngman, and more importantly, at Film Chum Podcast, not Film Chum's Podcast with a Z. We do also have an email, filmchumpodcast at gmail.com. Nobody uses any of them, so I don't know why I'm bothering this. Thank you very much for listening, and goodbye. Bye. See ya. These guys are much less energetic than the other guys, I'll get them back. See ya later! (laughs) We're out, dogs! Film Chum's out! Woo! Much better. (laughs) Goodbye. (laughs) 
pretty sure Josh. I'm recording something. Cool. <laughs> 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 <laughs>